My name is Tina Fears, and one truth about the hustle is you got to hustle hard every day. You're now tuned in to the girl behind the hustle, the podcast created to encourage, celebrate, and share real stories from the women behind the hustle. I'm your host, Lucretia L.C. Thomas. Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with Tina Fears, who created her first company, Stage Ready, with $100 in a dream after making a tough decision to leave college due to funding. Present day, Tina's company has become the plug in the entertainment industry. She's the woman behind the brand that has contributed to the success of Usher's New Look Foundation, BT's Celebration of Gospel, the GMA Dove Awards, and Talia Wahid's World Natural Hair and Healthy Lifestyle event. Listen in as we discuss how to balance your nine to five and a dream when you're first starting out and what steps you should take if you're interested in working in the entertainment industry and why working for free isn't always a bad thing. All right. Hey, Tina, how are you? Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm Tina Fears, and I consider myself to be the show and the business. I own a company called Stage Ready LLC. It's a full service creative direction, artist development, casting, and a live event production company. I'm also a performing artist. So I do musical theater, television and film, uh, do some voiceover work. And so, and I'm a mompreneur per se, I guess that's a word. Um, because I have a family and then um, I'm also helping to cultivate my son's businesses. Awesome. And I know you're originally from LA. What led you to Atlanta and how long have you been living in Atlanta? Yeah, so I am definitely a Cali girl with sweet tea in my veins. So (laughs) I am originally from Los Angeles. My family moved here uh, really like right before the Olympics. They moved to Atlanta. Um, My family is originally kind of from the North, the Ohio area. My sister and I were born in LA I have a musical family so of course if you want to hit it big you're either going to go to LA or New York Mm -hmm. and my parents on separate paths prior to meeting moved to Los Angeles and uh, it was just really time to do something different they always wanted to raise their family in the south of course the cost of living is different so um, I had no idea you know what the latter part of my life would look like but my parents kind of moved me into call Atlanta home And just like you said, so many artists either go to L.A. or to New York. Mm -hmm. Have you ever considered relocating to either of those cities? And do you ever feel limited being in Atlanta? That's a great question. Um, I travel to both cities for work often. Okay. um, But there's something really exciting about what's happening here in Atlanta. So for what I'm doing and and just the unique package of what makes the Tina Fears world make sense, um, I think Atlanta is going to always be my base. And then I'll just travel to Los Angeles and New York as, you know, work um, requires. And with your background, with your father being a performer and mm-hmm. entertainer, mm-hmm. did it influence your decision to enter the field? Absolutely. Uh, it was kind of a blessing. It's the blessing and a curse because the blessing is the natural ability that I have as a singer, a dancer, creative, uh, totally get that from my dad. Um, and then the business savvy is something that I believe I've inherited from my mom. Um, but on the flip side, you do see the struggles of what artists go through. My dad was a songwriter for, you know, people like the Jacksons and the Commodores, a lot of old school artists. 
So he saw great success, but he also saw when music changed and our family was, you know, right there in the shadows of what happens when your industry shifts. So Mm -hmm. at one moment, it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth about the arts, but because it's something that was naturally in me, you can't really deny what is supposed to be, you know, yours or who you are naturally. So as much as I fought it, um, you know, it manifested anyway. So yeah, my dad, of course, influenced me. I mean, all the riffs and runs and, and my showmanship and all of that. I'm a splitting, spitting image of my father. So he definitely influenced that. And was he supportive when you decided to go into the industry? Uh, yeah, I mean, my dad always, I believe, saw the potential. You know, when I was a little kid, you know, two or three years old and just constantly doing cartwheels and singing around the house. And, you know, he knew being a creative himself, like, OK, she has something. Um, so he always pushed it, you know, when I doubted myself, you know, my dad always said, you know, he used to call me Miss Black America, like you're Miss Black America, you're going to do this. I believe you can do that. So my dad's always, you know, was supportive of all of that. And I know when you first started, you were working in corporate, you're mm-hmm. nine to five and mm-hmm. also working on your dream. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that experience, just trying to manage it both. Well, I think you have to survive, you know, and a lot of times when we're dreamers, we have the tendency to kind of just want to totally jump out there and it can kind of put us in some compromising situations where, you know, you want to go to auditions, but you don't have the gas money to get there or you want to record your own music, but you don't have the, the resources to do it. So for me, having seen my dad's success and failure, I knew I never wanted to be a starving artist. And so having the business savvy that I believe I inherited from my mother, I used that to cultivate and kind of birth my company. So I would be at someone else's office with two laptops. One laptop was theirs, you know, Mm -hmm. their their itinerary and their quota things. And the other one was mine posting my services on Craigslist and really giving my services away so that I could really build my resume and, and build a client base. So it was challenging because I used, Uh, you know, vacation days to go and work for Usher's New Look Foundation for a week or, you know, uh, would use sick days and go and audition for things. And so I think that's something that if if I had to look back at it now, probably wasn't the wisest thing, but I'm I'm an advocate of taking faith leaps. And I was confident enough in in the vision I had for my company and in my skill set as a creative that those sacrifices would allow me to be 13 years later in a position that I am now. So it was definitely challenging, but, you know, you have to jump out there and do it one way or another. Um, I think it's just being savvy and creative as to how you do it so that you're not not able to eat, not able to pay your bills trying to chase the dream. I think you just mm-hmm. have to balance it all. And I hear so many people nowadays, I feel like, charge your worth, know your value, don't work for free. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it worked for you, you know, with mm-hmm. volunteering to be on different campaigns and things like that. Right. What would you tell someone who's trying to figure out how to, you know, charge their value, know their worth, but also getting your foot in the door by working for free? Right. Yeah, I think that's something that I probably have adopted just from like the performance side of like paying your dues. That's mm-hmm. something that is very, very valuable to me. It's, it's a part of how I live life. Um, and I think that uh, though I love the millennial culture which I'm very a, a part of per se, I think that we kind of have this unrealistic uh, facade that we kind of paint and create and we forget the importance of sitting under people or being teachable and being able to just um, glean from what other people are doing. So there is a point in time where things that I maybe would come and volunteer or 
do just to kind of sharpen my tools, I wouldn't do now. But that also allowed me to build relationships where people said, hey, I remember when, but so now I can pay what your invoice is requesting because I know that you have the expertise to back it up. You know, a lot of times with social culture, we can easily, you know, create branding and we can create social pages and websites and things. But then when it's time for that stuff to manifest in person, we're very limited because we have only kind of created what looks great on the outside, but we haven't put in the time to roll up our sleeves and really do the work to make sure that our gift matches or our work matches what it is that we're presenting it to be. Yes, I think that's the part right there. And you say, mm-hmm. you got to do the work. Like after you create this pretty package and yep. advertise and market, like, have you done the work? Mm-hmm. Like show your work and mm-hmm. you show it. Right. Yeah. And I, and I know you talk about having just $100 in a dream. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about your life at that time period? What was going on? What space were you in? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you make the leap um, past fear to start your business. Yeah. So the hundred dollars in a dream was really, you know, we touched earlier in the interview talking about, you know, experiencing the great success with my family and my dad's, you know, the work in the industry. And then we also talked about the downside of it. So what, what does that look like for your family when you're no longer successful? So my sister and I were really experiencing uh, a devastating time in our personal lives because our parents were dealing with what life looked like for them at that moment and being great parents in that space was not something that they were able to be. So this is during the time where I was a sophomore at Clark Atlanta university. Uh, I was cheering. I was, you know, living on campus and and living the HBCU dream that I so much always desired. Um, But I just ran out of money. You know, my parents were not able to support me pursuing, you know, this private college, you know, career that college path that I was after um, and I had to do something, you know, and so I left school um, because I had to get a job. And my sibling, two years younger than me, was finishing high school. So it's survival of the fittest at this point. And I knew I said, and I'm very much uh, strong in my faith. And I said, Lord, I know you've given me something special. I'm a creative person. I can sing, dance, act, do all of this. And I'm also very organized. So I'm going to step out on faith. I have one hundred dollars right now and I'm going to get an LLC. And it's going to be called Stage Ready because I believe that I have the tools and the know-how to help other people be great when they hit the stage, when they perform, when they produce their events, when they produce their projects. And so this is like, I'm like right halfway through college, really. So really early 20s. And um, it was a faith leap, you know, $100 in a dream. It was all I had. And at the time, that's all it took to get an LLC in the state of Georgia. I wanted to make sure my documentation was, I was legit, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just be out here being a fraud. So I wanted to make sure my paperwork was together and I went at it. We, this was during the MySpace era, you know, and so Stage Ready had a MySpace page and we were on Craigslist and we were, you know, choreographing independent artists, music videos. And at that time I had connected with um, a gospel artist, Dietrich Haddon. And so I was singing backgrounds for him and then also choreographing his live shows. And then I connected with Usher's New Look Foundation. And so again, just being, Fearless in the pursuit of what set my soul on fire was what Mm -hmm. I was after when I presented, you know, when I stepped out and started my company. And, you know, many, many years later, of course, our client base has evolved and how we do business has evolved. But it was like, you know, you ever talk about people, you know, guerrilla warfare and just rolling up your sleeves and just getting out there and doing it. That's that's how Stage Ready was born. Awesome. And you're still performing, right? Yeah. Quite often. Yeah. And and you're also managing, like you said, with Stage Ready, also managing and sourcing talent. How do you balance being both the artist and the boss? Uh, 
it's very challenging. Sometimes I look at myself and I say, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> you do a lot, sis. Um, so it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But I think being the performer kind of gives me an edge because uh, it's one thing to kind of sit behind a desk and just look at papers and spreadsheets. It's another thing to know what it's like to be on the other side of the table. So uh, it's definitely a balancing act. Um, it, it takes a lot to do it, but I also have a really great team of people who are like myself, basically contractors that we have kind of um, brought under our wing at Stage Ready in a mentorship capacity. And mm -hmm. what we do is just subcontract out for them. So if I get a huge project and I need a, t a team of 10, then I'm now subcontracting these other smaller businesses, these other $100 in a dream type of people. And I'm allowing them to sharpen their tools, build their resume, get the on the hand, you know, on hands on experience that I didn't get the blessing is I can pay them. <laughs> you know, when I was, starting, right. you know, I was, I wasn't getting paid. Um, so it's a balance. And, and I think the, the creative side, uh, which is something that I think I will never totally put down. It just allows me to just really stay authentically Tina. And I think it allows me to be, you know, greater, uh, greater executive on, on the flip side. And what role does your faith play in your business? My faith is, always out front you know i think if you if you go online now you're going to hear you're going to see faith leaks or prayer or this is that and the other so i know that really around the time that i started stage ready was really if you're not strong in your faith most people probably would have opted to do some other things you know when you're faced with adversity and and, and the result of it is let's launch a business that can ultimately help other people that's not the normal result of of something like that so my faith my belief in the Lord uh, and, and just keeping him at the head of everything that I do. Uh, my husband and I always say, you know, we never want to go through doors that the Lord is not opening. And sometimes we desire things. We want to, I'm going to be on the cover. I'm going to be on the cover. I'm going to have this client. I'm going to have that client. But what if that's not what the Lord wants you to do? And sometimes, you know, we can force a situation <laughs> and not until we realize this probably wasn't for me. Then we have these like aha moments. You know, people say all the time, all money is not good money, you know? So me really making sure that my prayer life is in order, making sure that I am serving uh, people and it's people over money, meaning relationships are more important than getting the big check at the end. Like how you treat people, that's, that's, that, that's just a reflection of my faith. You know, what would Jesus do? It's cliche, but it's fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you take advantage of someone so that you can be in a better, better position? Or would you be dishonest with someone so that you can get a, a, a better bid on a contract? So my faith is kind of weaved into everything that I do. And I, I just pray that people see the light of Christ uh, when they see me and when they do business with me. Yes, I love that. Have you had um, one role or job that you feel may have catapulted your career? Um, I think it's kind of a combination. I think if we do mm -hmm. on the show side, I think um, being able to be blessed to be a part of the inaugural for Born to Roll campaign was a big game changer for me. And that was a, a campaign that launched in 2017. Um, and it was a national commercial that then had about two or three separate spots from it. And uh, the cool thing about that opportunity was I just went in and was, was Tina. A lot of times when you audition, you want to tap into, okay, what are they looking for? Who is this character? What's her point of view? What's her perspective? But for that audition, they were literally looking for women who had started businesses who had overcome things you know we're for we're born to roll who are you born to be and I said I was born to be fearless and that was my mantra prior to you know mm -hmm. even auditioning for them so I just went in and was myself 
and the Lord saw fit for me to be one of the three that they were looking for African-American women who were doing really unique things and um, were, were able to step out and kind of be examples to others. So I think the board, the born, born to roll campaign with Ford was a big game changer. And then I think for the company, uh, when we started working with the Talia Wajid brand, which produces the world natural hair and healthy lifestyle event, um, we started working with them about eight years ago. And that had really been a game changer for a stage ready because prior to, we were really just doing kind of one-off projects and short-term things, but through Talia Wajid giving us the opportunity to come on as a contracted company, we've been able to be threaded into really the fabric of what we see that that natural hair show is today, just in evolving as just coming on as a contractor, producing a fashion show, doing these projects to now me being in the position of the lead show producer for that company. So those are two moments that I think have been game changers for me. Yeah, definitely. Both, you know, two very amazing moments. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. And so with that, can you, um, I know we kind of touched on it in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but can you just explain to the listeners just a little bit more about your companies and just like the breakdown of the things that you guys Mm -hmm. do? Because I know you have a couple of different ones Mm -hmm. and I just want them to know, you know, everything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So Stage Ready LLC is is the, the, the mothership per se. So Stage Ready provides singers, dancers, uh, if, if if certain brands are looking for you know rolling out a campaign and maybe they want the cover girl for that for that product or project, then we'll help them identify that individual. We'll also assist in helping them brand or roll out what that campaign looks like. So if there's an event that someone is working on and they want it to be geared towards you know the gen- Generation Z group, we'll sit down with them and kind of talk about what that whole experience feels like in person, as well as what it looks like from a digital or video uh, platform. Um, The arts are going to always be tied into a lot of what stage ready does. So that may be again, providing singers for tours. We did the McDonald's inspiration tour where we provided some singers for an artist for that. And then of course, big projects where it's like a two to three year or, you know, three to six month project, like the world natural hair show. And that's just producing the show from top to bottom. Everything that you see at the event, all of the logistical coordination of that is something that falls under the stage ready umbrella. So the arts are going to always be the base. And then it brands out, stretches out into beauty, you know, entertainment, so on and so forth. Um, The fearless movement is the newest to the to the Tina Fears family, I guess. Um, And that's just my platform of of giving back. You know, um, it's something that's really geared towards that forgotten about group which is once you get past the toys for tots age, (laughs) there's like, (laughs) what about the teenagers, you know? And so the idea is to serve those young women uh, because that's the age range that my sister and I were at when the bottom kind of fell out of our home life. Mm -hmm. And so that is going in and speaking. That means going in and serving these young women. That means, you know, providing them with items that we forget about, like sanitary items and hair, hair items and clothes and shoes and things like that. Um, but doing it in a really uh, peer-to-peer manner versus here I'm coming to, you know, you're down and out, but like, girl, I got you, you know, sis, like what you need, you know? So that's mm-hmm. kind of the environment that the the fearless movement is kind of operating in. And our, and our goal is to really go global with it um, and, and help people around the world. But I believe my work starts right here because I know that there are people like myself um, that were look, that are overlooked. And that's just because we kind of camouflage struggle sometimes, but 
we believe that the fearless movement will be able to be a great blessing to some people. And then the other stuff is just Tina fears, you know, the singer and the actor and, and all of that. And just, you know, stepping into those spaces as the Lord sees fit to open those doors. Awesome. And what tangible steps or advice can you give someone wanting to get into your industry? Um, I think, first of all, just identify what you're really great at. I think there's a difference between liking things. I like music. I like to sing. I like to dance. But are you really, really great at it? Um, I think a lot of people, even when they're in school, you know, it's kind of like you go to school because you have to go to school and not until after you get out of school, you realize, I don't really like what I majored in. So right, $30,000 later, $50,000, right, right. $75,000 yes. later. Okay. Yes, I mean, how many of our peers have had those moments like, girl, I do not want to go and teach. I want to go and do yep. fashion design. You know, I, girl, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, so if I could in, if do nothing else but just encourage people to like identify what you're really great at and what you're passionate about. Like, what is that thing when you get up every morning, that's what's on your mind or you find yourself doing that or tapping into that or researching that. Um, that's the first step you know if you want to mm-hmm. get into you know the the entrepreneurship side of like what stage ready does I think there has to be a choice that you make you know that I'm going to be committed to really serving others because when you talk about being a producer or uh, organizing or doing the logistical piece that means you're behind the scene you know and sometimes people prefer to be out front you know so can you pick and choose between the two I think the artistic side is just finding opportunities to you know, if you want to do theater, you know, start small, start at local community theater and start and start polishing up your tools, you know, get your chops up. So in Atlanta, there are a lot of opportunities and you can take some headshots and, and go get an agent. But then you don't you haven't done the work to make sure your chops are tight. So with both, I think it's identifying what you do great, what you're passionate about, and then roll up those sleeves and be prepared to invest in what it is that you really ultimately want to do. Mm hmm. And I think something that you've touched on is just the importance of serving. Yes. You know, you did it early in your career. You're doing it with the fearless movement. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people miss that importance of serving before Mm -hmm. you can lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Service is is fulfilling, you know, and there's something eye opening about making yourself available to other people. I mean, I've learned so much about myself just through serving others, you know, like, are you okay with, humble you know humble yourself I mean you've done Mm -hmm. some things but don't forget you know you know and everybody's story is different but I think that that service is just a great way to stay humble I think it's a great way to kind of even evolve in what our motives are as we strive to be our best selves awesome what do you want us to know about the woman behind the hustle what don't we see behind it all woman behind the hustle um the woman behind the hustle is is definitely someone who desires to really just ultimately help other people for real like however I can um, because I know what it's like to feel helpless and I all and I know what it's like to need help and not have anyone necessarily extending that to 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 be helpful so I try to whether it's audition leads whether it's job opportunities that's something that people pay for I give it away for free because I know what it was like to have someone just give me uh, a shot you know and so I think if, if people if I wanted people to know anything uh, about Tina Fears is ultimately I just desire to, to help people you know to serve other people and all the extra stuff the shows the commercials you know the clients that's just the icing on the cake you know if people are being helped and served then I'm good.
And Tina, what's next for you? Wow. So what's next? So we're finishing up, uh, getting ready to go into the hair show. We're, we're really close uh, on that one. So that's a, that's a big one. What's next for me is really putting some, some great energy and focus on the fearless movement. And we have a couple of campaigns that we're rolling out with that. We did a soft launch for that in February. And so really just focusing in on how we can partner with other organizations and how we can serve the youth. And then Tina Fears is auditioning all the time. So hopefully you know, I'll be coming to a TV screen or a theater stage near you. But uh, I think rest is coming up. I think it's time for a bit of a vacation. So yes, hopefully, necessary. You know, yes, that, that self-care piece is, is, is super important um, so that I can just get back in the game and make sure that I'm fully charged and, and ready to go. This part of the show we call the real deal moment. Mm-hmm. It just takes a look more at the woman behind the hustle. Okay. So how do you define self-care and what does that look like for you? Mm, okay. So self-care for me is really just stepping away from all of it. That's, that's, that's stepping away from the mommy duties, the wife duties, the business duties, all of that. And just taking a look at where Tina is, you know, um, self-care for me is, quiet space is turning the phone off it's uh which is very 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 challenging to do it it may mean you know going to like a korean bathhouse or just spending some time to just kind of evaluate things um that's that's self-care you know checking in with where i am emotionally because a lot of times you know we work so hard we give our all and then you can find out like you're emotionally drained you know like why am i feeling in this like low place right now well because you've emptied out everything you had to to other people and you need to fill yourself back up. So uh, self-care is something that I believe is very necessary. And I've noticed a big difference in um, just how I'm able to flow through life when I'm making sure I take time to kind of check in on myself. And is there a quote, verse, or mantra that keeps you encouraged? Um, yeah, I, I'm always, you know, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Um, and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and of self-control. Um, ironically, my last name is fears, but that that being fearless and, and that drive is it's what keeps me going. It really is. And name a tool or an app or something that kind of helps you manage your life or work that you couldn't live without. Um tool or app tool would definitely be my iphone (laughs) i Mm -hmm. don't know how i would i don't even know how we did business prior to smartphones i know (laughs) like i don't even see how everything is so fast paced and there there's so many times that i've I've been in meetings and i've been able to just not even have my laptop on me Um, once upon a time it was like okay if i have my ipad but if you have a good iphone no shade to the other people but if you got a good iphone honey you can (laughs) you can do it all. You can record, mm-hmm. you can, you know, close a deal, you can email, whatever. So the iPhone is, is my go-to. Um, as far as apps, I really, like I told you before, I'm a podcast junkie. So how I built this uh, is another show that um, I love just because like you, it gives people an opportunity to just kind of hear how the greats kind of started. And um, that's something that, that keeps me really encouraged. So I guess more so just access to podcast period. It's something else that I enjoy. I could probably live without them, but that iPhone is, is, is that main tool for me. And what do you want people to say about you when you aren't in the room? It would be nice if people would say Tina Fears is who she says she is. You know, it would be great for people to 
say if you know if she says she's gonna do something, she's gonna do it. You know, she's honest. She's a hard worker, and uh, and she cares about people. So I I hope that's that that's what people say. But you know, you never really know. But that would that would make me feel good if you know. A lot of again, we talked about that that image and that persona. Um, I would hope that what I project and what people read or have seen about me is also what they experience. And therefore, once I'm out the room, they can say. Yeah, she lived up to the expectation. Mm-hmm. And fill in the blank. My name is, and one truth about the hustle is. My name is Tina Fears, and one truth about the hustle is, you got to hustle hard every day. Absolutely. <laughs> Daily. <laughs> Daily, sis. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Tina. I appreciate you so much for being on the show today. Please let my listeners know how they can connect with you. Sure. Your listeners can connect with me on Instagram at Tina Fears. That's F as in Frank, E-A-R-S, on all my social platforms. And then if they have any questions or would like to connect further, they can connect at TinaFears.com, which is the email address. Thank you guys so much for listening today. So we're down to our last couple of episodes before season one wraps and we start working on season two. So I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate you guys for listening week after week. If you have not gotten your tickets already to our book club discussion taking place in Chicago at Love Peridot, you can still get those. It's going to be next Wednesday, May 15th. I just released some more tickets. So go online and get those now. You can grab them on www.girlbehindthehustle.com underneath events as well as underneath our book club discussion. We're reading Rachel Hollis, Girl Stop Apologizing. So grab your books, buy your tickets, and meet us there. You can always connect with me on Facebook or on Instagram at Girl Behind the Hustle or by email. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at heygirl at girlbehindthehustle.com. Until next week, hustling grace. <laughs>